Welcome to Bible Bites, a podcast series bringing to you short biblical reflections to help us live our lives in light of God's Word. My name is Tawanda Masango, a staff worker with Focus Zimbabwe, based at the National University of Science and Technology, NAST, in Blawayo, Zimbabwe. Episode 6 Stand firm in the Word of God. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 22 to chapter 2 verse 3. Well friends, uh, this is our third week in the book of 1 Peter. I hope you have enjoyed the journey so far. We have seen how Peter wants to encourage his readers to stand firm in their salvation, a great salvation that is full of living hope. We have seen how he wants his readers to stand firm in holiness because a holy God has called them and indeed has called us to himself. Well, today we're going to look at how Peter challenges us in the passage that has been read before us to stand firm in the word of God because God is at work among us through his powerful and abiding word. Let us pray and ask God to speak to us again today. Our Lord and God, we thank you that your word is true. Your word is trustworthy. Your word is powerful. Lord, may you speak to us through your word today. Amen. Um, Friends, uh, what is your family known for? What is the thing that binds you together as a family? What is the thing that stands out for your family where you grew up or where you're a part of? You see, I know for some, you've got great memories of family. Praise God for that. But also for some, when you talk about family, it brings very sad memories. It brings very difficult things to process. You see, I hope today as we go through this, you're going to see and really appreciate that through his powerful word, God has called us into this new family where we have brothers and sisters, where we can experience love and fellowship and brotherhood in Jesus. You see, Peter was writing to Christians who were scattered, not just one Christian, but to Christians who were scattered around Asia Minor. And after reminding them about their vertical relationship with God when he talked about their salvation, when he talked about their holiness as they relate to their holy God, now he really turns to talk a bit more about their relationship with each other. You see, Peter wants to say part of living out their faith, part of living out their salvation will involve loving each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. But Peter also wants to let them know that all this is possible because God is at work through his powerful word. And friends, this is the reality that we see in the Bible. That from creation to new creation, God works through his powerful word. If you go to the book of Genesis, we see God at the beginning where there was nothing and he spoke his powerful word and things came into being with no struggle. We see the people of Israel after being called out of Egypt as God's people as they march and walk in the desert towards their promised land, God gave them his word, starting with the Ten Commandments, written by God himself, given to Moses, and developed into this 
Old Testament scripture and later on to the full canon that we have today. God working, speaking to his people through his word. When Jesus appears in the Gospels, John, the book of John, he tells us that he is the word that was with God in the beginning, that was God, and that has become man and walked among us in flesh. Jesus is the word of God. And later on, the writer of Hebrews tells us that in the past, God has spoken to his people in so many ways. But in these last days, he has spoken through his word. Friends, God is at work through his word. Hear what Paul says to a young pastor, Timothy, about the word of God in 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching and for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Later on he says, in chapter 4, verse 1 of the same book, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Dear friends, that is our prayer at Living Hope, that the word of God may shape our time together, the word of God may shape our relationships. The word of God may be at the center of what we do as a church. Friends, we prioritize the powerful word of God that is at work among us. But how exactly is God working through his word among us? What is God doing? What has God done through his word among us? Well, in our passage today, Peter is pointing us to two things that God has done through his word. And from there, he points us to some implications of how that is supposed to shape our lives. Firstly, he says, God has worked through his word to bring a new birth. Then he goes on to say, also God is at work through his word to bring growth in our lives. So firstly, God is at work through his word to bring a new birth. Come with me to verse 22 of chapter 1. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Peter is saying you have purified yourself by obeying the truth. And in verse 25, he, he helps us. This truth, this word is the good news that was preached to you. As you obey the good news, the gospel, you are purified by God. You are made pure. You stand righteous before God. Why? Because the good news is the news of what God has done to forgive our sins, to cleanse us by the powerful work 
of his son by the powerful blood that was shed on that cross. He's saying, you have been born again by this imperishable seed, which is the abiding word of God, which is living. You see, Peter is saying, you have been made new. You have been uh, cleansed by this word. So, love one another. Love your brothers and sisters who share the same impact of the word in their lives. They have been cleansed also. They have been born again. They have been brought together into this new family. And all of you share this, that you were born again by the power of word of God. So, love one another as fellow brothers and sisters. He's not just saying, uh, you know, just for us to tolerate each other as Christians, just to, um, you know, to do life together, but really genuinely love each other with a sincere love from the heart, he says, in verse 22. I think this means actively making an effort to love our brothers and sisters, actively making decisions to be loving to each other because it doesn't happen by, uh, by, 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 by coincidence. In fact, Peter says our purification, our being born again has that purpose in mind. Do you hear that in verse 22? Having purified your souls by the obedience to the truth for sincere brother love, so this purification, this cleansing, this being born again is for brotherly love. That's why Jesus in the book of John, chapter 13, verse 35, he said these words to his disciples. John 13, verse 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. You see, these days, there are many things people put up as markers of Christians. There are many things that churches strive to do to mark themselves as true followers of Jesus. It could be amazing preaching, faithful preaching. It could be great music that is gospel-centered, that is Jesus-focused. It could be evangelizing, seeing the church grow in number. But Jesus is saying, really the thing that will mark you out as my people, as my disciples, is when you love one another. Living Hope Church, this is my sincere prayer, that we may really work out how we can live out our salvation, how we can be a community of true, genuine, intentional love towards each other so that if people are watching if someone is to walk in and they see that love they will know that these are true followers of Jesus because this is the gospel Jesus laid down his life for us what greater love can there be than that so if we have come to God because of such a message we ought to be a community marked by love. 
where to be a community where people really genuinely love each other. You see, maybe after church when we meet for tea at the back, this will mean intentionally seeking not to just have tea and have a chat about the weather or sports, but to check how your brother is going, how your sister is going, and how you can love them better. Because we've been called by this new birth into a community of love. But Peter goes on to speak about how this word is at work again among us. Come with me to verse uh, chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. So put away all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tested that the Lord is good. See, in the first verse there of chapter 2, Peter is asking us to put away these things, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. If you look at these things, I think it's obvious that these are the things that affect our brother love to one another. These are the things that drive away that love that he has already been encouraging us towards. So he's saying, put away those things. Because if we are acting hypocritically to each other, then there's no true, genuine love from the heart. But not just put away these things. He's saying, crave, long for spiritual milk by which you grow. And then he say, what is this spiritual milk? Well, we know that when Jesus was teaching, when Jesus was still walking on earth, he said these words when the devil was tempting him. He said, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We don't live by physical bread, but our food is the word of God. And I'm sure the spiritual milk that he's talking about, that we have to crave, that brings growth to Christians, is the word of God. Friends, the more we dwell, the more we long, the more we intentionally spend time in the word of God, we are going to grow. We are going to bear much fruit. But if we ignore this powerful word, we have seen that this is how God works. This is how God has brought about salvation to us. This is, how, this is how God has worked even from the time of creation. So if we ignore this powerful word, we are ignoring an opportunity for us to grow. We are privileged, friends, to live in a day and age where the word of God is so available to us. Thank God for the reformation where some men and women fought so that the gospel, so that the Bible can be available to everybody. I can think of William Tyndale, a man who has burned at the stake because of his efforts to translate the Bible uh, from Latin to English so that more people can access the word. But even more so, you see, today the Bible is so available on our mobile phones in various forms. How are you going to make the most to long and to spend time in this word so that we can grow? I hope we don't take it for granted, friends, that you can just swipe your phone 
and open the Bible. We don't read the Bible by accident. We intentionally, we make a plan to spend time in this world because we long for it and because we know that this is how we grow. And this is how God works in our lives to bring God through his word. What is it that we are going to take away from these just very few verses? Firstly, have you believed the word of truth? Have you been purified, born again by this word of truth? Do you now stand justified before God because of the power of the gospel that you have believed? If so, praise be to God. And if not, friends, can I encourage you to think about this and maybe talk to somebody. And secondly, we've been called to love one another. We've been called to love one another. How are we going to do that as a church? How are you going to play your part in making sure that Living Hope is a community of love? How are you going to play your part? Let me suggest something simple to start with. Would you consider maybe just calling somebody this week, checking with them how they're going, how you can be praying for them? And I hope when we meet together, there are going to be various ways in which we are going to continue being a community of love, being together in our gatherings, being intentional when we come, not just coming so that I can hear the word and go back home, but to come so that I can serve others. And lastly, we are to crave the spiritual milk, the word of God. What's your plan this year to spend time in this word, to dwell upon this word? and to take in this spiritual milk so you can grow. Why don't you find a Bible reading plan if you don't have one? Why don't you make a decision to read through parts of the Bible so that you can grow? Because this is how God has made it so that we grow. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, Jesus said, if you love one another. Let us pray. Our Father and God, we thank you that your powerful word has brought a new birth, has brought purification, has brought us, Father, into this community where we have brothers and sisters. Help us, Lord, to love each other genuinely from the heart. Lord, I pray that in our lives, which are full of distractions and many things to be done, Help us to make time to spend time reflecting in your word. To spend time reading your word. And let you change us by the power of your word.